0: Is the Pelosi Saya drawing an iron curtain across America? I'm Monica Perez, and this is today's Deep Dive. If you want to hear this Deep Dive commercial-free, please check me out at Deep Dives with Monica Perez on your favorite podcasting platform. Subscribe there, leave a review. It's commercial-free. And if you want to hear all of my stuff commercial-free and see some videos that I do of my live dives on Wednesdays and see everything that Binkley does premium and regular, all commercial free, go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report and subscribe to us there. And if you want to support me, please buy a t-shirt. Go to monicasdeepdives.com, go to support and then shop, and you will find uh, a Propaganda Report t-shirt on sale right now. So thank you for all of that. I am really excited to dig into this story because I always feel like I miss out. I don't want to take the low-hanging fruit. I don't like to fall for conspiracy clickbait. So I wasn't going to do the Paul Pelosi thing. But then something happened and I was like, oh, this really is serving a bigger agenda. It's actually serving a lot of agendas. I'm going to pick through them one at a time. But today it was definitely uh, called to our attention because Paul Pelosi, this is the headline, leaves San Francisco Hospital after attack. The Zuckerberg Hospital, by the way. So I feel like anything that comes out of there is going to be highly curated by the information czars of Silicon Valley. Uh, The subtitle was the husband of Nancy Pelosi, the House Speaker, returned home six days after being beaten with a hammer by an assailant who targeted his wife. Okay, so I don't believe that. (laughs) Uh, And there are many agendas I think are pushed by this. I'll tell you all of them. All the ones I think, but first let me just tell you what is the story. So the official story is that guy, a conspiracy theorist, who is an undocumented Canadian, so he's an illegal immigrant from Canada... There's very few pictures of him, but one of the pictures looks like he's uh, homeless, like he's got a sleeping bag on the street, but if you see, he's actually got really nice new hiking shoes on. That was supposed to be like six years ago, and some sleeping bags and stuff, so he's a hiker. He's described as a drug addict, as mentally ill, as a conspiracy theorist, and uh, when he broke into the house, supposedly by hitting the back door with a hammer, the glass door with a hammer... uh, well, even that's kind of fishy because it's very hard to believe that this house is totally unprotected. I mean, the the actual address is public. It's a published address. Every Google Earth, every image I've seen of it, it's totally unprotected. No fences around it. Nothing. There's supposedly that no alarm went off. That question was not strictly answered. Uh, Secret Service wasn't there supposedly because Nancy wasn't there, but she is entitled to Secret Service protection. She is too close in line to the presidency. She's entitled to the protection. They said it was with her, but I believe the whole family is entitled to it. And uh, the Capitol Police also have a San Francisco field office. The Capitol Police is supposed to protect Congress and their families, or even just Congress, but they have national jurisdiction, so they would only have a field office there to protect... Like the congressman in San Francisco, very few people. And they apparently had surveillance cameras on, but weren't monitoring them in any real way. The whole thing is crazy, totally implausible. And they're worth hundreds of millions of dollars. So they should have their own security. And I will tell you, when you're a target, I remember when I worked at WSB, there was a lot, a lot of security. And the reason was that some of the hosts would piss people off, dead serious. I was offered security just if I was going to a live event. They offered to give me security. Can you believe that? So there's just nothing about this story rings true in the slightest bit. And then when you look at the picture, which they keep showing you this picture, that the glass is on the porch. It's not in the house. The broken glass is on the porch indicating that it was it was hit from the inside. There are stories about the whether the hammer was Pelosi's or not. Uh, Donald Trump said, hey, the glass is on the outside. Even if you go and read the FBI affidavit because they arrested him on state charges and federal charges... It quotes him as saying, my backpack is out in the glass on the patio, (laughs) something like that on the back porch. It was like ridiculous. They want you to have these questions about this story. Then all of that gets weird too, as they get inside the house, because I mean, I think they want us to have questions about this. They're saying that Pelosi was very clever, that he just left, dialed 911, but left his phone on and then spoke in code. So they would realize he needed help. And then when he showed up, this is the story. This is what the cops said at the press conference, that when they showed up, Pelosi opened the door. He and the man both had their hands on the same hammer. And the, when the cops said, drop the hammer, that's when Pelosi let go. The other guy took it. So like they were in a fight with like this guy's 80-something versus a guy 40-something, and it took Paul Pelosi to drop the hammer for the guy to swing it and hit Pelosi in the head. And because, I guess, the police arrested him, having witnessed the crime. They witnessed the crime. They are the witnesses to the crime. So I think that's totally weird. And I'll tell you what they are charging him with. San Francisco is charging David de Pape, whatever, with state crimes including attempted murder, assault with a deadly weapon, elder abuse, residential burglary, false imprisonment, and threatening a public official or their family. I'll never get used to that. He faces 13 years to life imprisonment on the state charges alone, but the feds are also charging him with some kind of like interfering with the public official or the family and attempted kidnapping of a public official. So there are definitely federal charges. I got that. And the San Francisco DA said we were, yeah, DA was saying that they were cooperating or they had federal partners. And of course they always do. That really bothers me. So Biden starts with the agenda setting He tells the story, has a speech Wednesday night, and I knew that it would feature this because it was about the threats to our democracy, and he says, just a few days ago, a little before 2.30 a.m. in the morning, okay, (laughs) a man smashes the back windows and broke into the home of the Speaker of the House of Representatives, the third highest-ranking official in America. He carried it in his backpack, zip ties, duct tape, rope, and a hammer. So he has all the evidence right there. But the fact that she's the third in line to the presidency means she gets secret service. This is just not believable. Then he goes on to say that after the assailant entered the home, he asked, where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? Which are the very same words used by the mob when they stormed the Capitol on January 6th. This drives me crazy too, because there is no doubt in my mind that none of that happened on January 6th. I'm just telling you, there is no doubt in my mind. So then he goes on and on about the January 6th stuff. So the general themes that are emerging from him were January 6th violence, attacks on lawmakers, and that our democracy is in danger. And then the themes of kind of like how we should be responding to that, that's basically what the whole speech was about. It was a really felt like a very fluffy speech, like full of platitudes. But what I took away was, he said, he didn't say these things, but when he said the votes are going to take a a few days to count this year. And I thought, why would you, you know, bring that to our attention? Maybe they, they, I don't know what funny business they're going to be up to, but the message I got from him was, if you are patriotic American, you will stand down no matter what you think. You will trust the process. You will vote. Your power against overreach or threats to democracy is just to vote and don't question official narratives. Uh, This is another thing that's been driving me crazy. They're like, anyone who doesn't believe in the reported results of the November 20 election, like, don't believe in democracy. And I'm like, since when is it not okay to ask for a recount? I mean, that, I I would look up the etymology of that word. My guess is it's hundreds of years old, if not thousands. I bet there's, in Roman history, I bet we survives to this day, recounts. Maybe they did a recount as a matter of course. That sounds would like what the Greeks would have done. Anyway, so as Biden is tying us into the January 6th stuff, Elon Musk, who just took over Twitter, I'm still having a hard time believing that, but I'm still having a hard time believing Biden's president, so... He uh, is directing us towards conspiracy theories. So, Musk tweeted about a conspiracy theory. He directed people through tweet to a... Disreputable site that implies or outright states that this guy was a male prostitute in Pelosi's house. So there's just so many things wrong with that. Pelosi's worth like hundreds of millions of dollars and he's old. So I don't know if he's after male prostitutes. And this guy was pretty gross. So I don't think, I feel like he could have a higher end male prostitute if that's what he is after. Uh, But all of that conspiracy stuff surrounding this, the hammer and whatever, people in their underwear, I don't know. That is a complete distraction. It doesn't matter at all. It, it could be that absolutely nothing happened, but I do think something happened. This is what I think. So there are no, I don't see, I haven't been able to come up with any pictures of the event, of the scene, of him injured. And when I did look up the injuries, because the injuries were that he had a fractured skull or some, some head problem, which he got surgery for at the Zuckerberg Hospital, and then his hands and forearm were damaged. So I was looking for pictures of that, and I found pictures of his hands and forearm damaged. Isn't that interesting? I bet you're surprised to hear that. that those pictures came from a New York Post article about his DUI arrest in, I think it was in May. So I actually don't even think he was injured in the DUI thing. He might have been, but it looked to me like somebody who had blood drawn and there's a lot of bleeding when you're on blood thinners. So he's in his 80s, likely he's on blood thinners, and I can see that that's what that would have looked like. So, okay, I think that squares away those injuries, or at least that they put those words in there so I would see a picture of those injuries. And I was going to guess that the head injuries were either from the DUI, but I don't think they were because I looked at the dash cam footage from back then, and that was, did not seem right. He looked kemped uninjured. And I was going to say, well, you know, it just didn't happen at all that he wasn't injured at all. And I don't really think he was necessarily injured in that San Francisco house, but he might've been. Oh, but then I realized that he just got out of the hospital six days later. And they could have been lying about that, but I'm not so sure. I think I'm beginning to think, and I'm probably not the first person to think this, that he fell down the stairs And maybe he was drunk, maybe he wasn't, maybe it would look like he was drunk, but that's kind of a common thing to do. on the dash cam footage, he definitely had, he could not perform, or certainly he didn't, it wasn't seen in the dash cam footage. They were asking him to perform a balancing exercise and he could not do it, or he said he couldn't do it, whatever. So I have a feeling, and you really get hurt falling down the stairs. I knew uh, the wife of a professor I knew died just falling down the stairs in their house you know, she's in her fifties. Like it happens more often than you might think. So I feel like he probably was in the hospital, but for a couple of reasons, they couldn't come out and say that he fell down the stairs because everybody would say he was drunk. It would bring to mind the DUI thing. You would think it was his fault. It would really look bad. And at the same time on October 5th and, you know, and at other times, there are these articles about how Nancy and Paul or Paul's investments greatly to the tune of tens of millions of dollars just in the past couple of years benefited from front-running congressional action. So there were some pretty scathing articles out there about what what hypocritical, money-grubbing pieces of crap these guys were, and it just wouldn't have been okay to have something that made him look bad. But now they've flipped the script, and he seems like a victim. It folds into other agendas that were already or PSYOPs, or whatever, that were already in place. And one thing, one little detail that keeps coming up that's really weird to me, and why would it even be there? I cannot fit it into any puzzle except for maybe the one about the falling down the stairs, is that he awoke after three minutes in a pool of his own blood. So he awoke after three minutes in a pool of his own blood, and it's it's weird that the cops supposedly witnessed this. So they said, drop the hammer. They didn't move in. They And they, and actually, he was injured in front of them. And then what? He was unconscious and just awoke for three minutes after bleeding into his ass <laughs> head for three minutes. It's a strange story. And I feel like maybe they interjected the part about the cops witnessing it so there'd be no question about what really happened. I really don't know. but But as I have done all the research I can do. There is no more information about the details. That is my conclusion that I think, uh, I definitely don't think that the official narrative really happened. I don't know anything about this. The perpetrator, I would think that I think maybe Pelosi did get hurt, but they had to make it look like he was a victim to give him sympathy. So it was a cover up for what really happened to him, garner sympathy so that they can't come after him about the money. Uh, there's a chance that it was, so when Harry Reid got attacked by his own exercise band and his, all of his orbital bones were shattered along with other injuries, just not believable at all. It really looked like he got beat up. A cop who was on the scene said it looked like he went through a windshield. I don't know, but my best guess at that time was that he pissed somebody off and was beaten up because of that. And then shortly thereafter he resigned. He decided not to run. So, Maybe it's the same kind of scenario if Nancy stops running, you know, if she steps down, I would think maybe it was like that. I don't know, but that's not what I'm thinking right this second. So those are some of the, like, on-the-spot, Pelosi-specific things that I think might be happening. But it also folds into a, another psyop that started. And it's really funny because, yes, it's demonizing this guy as being an, a right-wing conspiracy theorist. But at the same time, they're saying that it's about lawmakers getting attacked. Now, if you recall, lawmakers started getting attacked because of Trump. It was Democrats who were harassing lawmakers at their homes, at restaurants. Remember? I think Mitch McConnell was harassed at a restaurant. So this stuff started with Democrats attacking the GOP. And that, I think, they were just provoked into doing it, but really did it. And, of course, when you say it's threats to democracy from the right-wing conspiracy nuts, you're talking about free speech being the problem. Free speech is dangerous and criminal. So is questioning official narratives or, or the election. These are dangerous criminal thoughts that lead to violence, and they should be stopped. Now, this folds in with Elon Musk. So Elon Musk immediately starts pushing out a conspiracy theory that attacks lawmakers. And I feel like this is the moment. Where social media has to be that this the argument's going to be made that social media has to be regulated. Right now, Google's been regulating itself. It censors the crap out of YouTube. I get censored. Uh, children's like kitty porn, not even like porn involving children, porn for children does not get censored off of YouTube, but I get censored off of YouTube. So YouTube's got that all buttoned up. Facebook censors the crap out of stuff. Okay, so they're self-regulating, that should be great. They don't want that because it allows for startups to have an uncensored platform that might compete with them. So what they want is real censorship that's legislated. And what they've been doing is setting a very high bar so that no startups can really enter the space and have the necessary amount of censorship. So Elon Musk is now in there. They don't want to pick on the little guy. They don't want to make it look like it's anti-competitive. But with Twitter, now they can say, okay, we accept it because Twitter's so dangerous. I'm anticipating that, that that's why, what the whole Musk Twitter thing is all about. And that will, and maybe they'll do the Section 230 stuff, maybe I'll cover that in another day, really change the protections and requirements of um, an internet platform, but I think that's what this is going to be about. Uh, another thing they highlight is rising crime and mental illness, of course, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> when don't they? But what did I, what do I really think, like a major, major element, if not the most serious agenda item from this whole thing is? It is that I believe this is being used. I know it's being used for this, but I've postulated this before I saw all the articles about it. But it is definitely true that they are using this to justify the expansion. Both in like authority and coverage and everything, which they're keeping kind of quiet, but also in space of the Capitol Police. Now, why do I care about that? Well, I think the Capitol Police will be not only a, the germ of a national police force. They're seeding the national police force. They opened offices in Tampa and San Francisco. Capitol Police is charged with federal with protecting federal lawmakers. Their physical jurisdiction is as far as it's laid out in space is right around DC. It's like two mile district, but they have jurisdiction everywhere in the United States. They just have it. It's crazy. And I think they have other special authorities as well, but I just couldn't find those easily. It would really take, it's uh, like a whole separate, you know, a whole nother day to do, do that. But I have seen people refer to it and in my mind, there would be absolutely no reason for them to have field offices in San Francisco or Tampa, and they say they're going to spread them around. I mean, being on the ground there, at the same time, they really brag about their expanded mission of uh, cooperating with, coordinating with every, all, all levels of law enforcement, state, local, federal, National Guard, everything. Supposedly, they can call that up without any outside permission, and that comes uh, outside authorization, and that directly derives from the January 6th stuff, like we couldn't respond because we had to wait to be authorized. So if these end, and they actually said outright they are going to be an intelligence-based protective agency. So intelligence surveillance really at the heart of this. So they are going to have the authority to call in and control to the extent that this, that whatever operation they're talking about, uh, all these other police forces without oversight and gather all this intelligence, and they've already abused this privilege. So whoever runs it, they say it's the sergeant-at-arms, whatever, whoever runs it is going to have tremendous amount of power, and the Capitol Police is the only law enforcement entity established by falling under the jurisdiction of the legislative branch. So there's no checks or balances on any level like local, you know state, federal, local, like like vertically or horizontally. It goes right to the legislative branch. And I feel like it's got not only is that a danger to us because it, it could extend these intelligence surveillance and actual use of force anywhere as a, it is, it is a national police force. It has supposedly limited authority over what their mission is, but they are already reading a lot into it. So they can use it against us. But what if they use it, whoever does control it, if it's outside of, you know, maybe one entity, it's not controlled by 500 congressmen voting all the time. What if they use it against the congressmen? I've thought about this from the very beginning. When there was a big fence around D.C., I thought, boy, this is how martial law would start. You wouldn't have to put a fence around us. But if you left the government in place, made it look like it was still this functioning elected government, representative government, but you held them and their families hostage, like physically or however, you would then, you could get them to vote the way you wanted them to vote. Like I've been worried about that since the beginning. And I, and one thing I dug up, was an article from Fox News that said that the Republicans wrote a letter to Congress based on a Politico expose, that the Capitol Police were conducting a lot of surveillance background checks, gathering intelligence on congressmen and people who were meeting with congressmen, lobbyists, stuff like that, picking up the tax records and the property records of the places where they were meeting. And that really implies the power to intimidate, to really persecute lawmakers and the people who would petition them according to the First Amendment. Okay, let me uh, just read exactly what they are supposed to do. Capitol Police are charged with the protection of members of Congress, officers of Congress, and their families throughout the entire United States, its territories and possessions, and the District of Columbia. While performing protective functions, the Capitol Police have jurisdiction throughout the entire United States. It is informally considered as the sister agency of the United States Secret Service, which itself is responsible for the protection of the United States President and his cabinet. The Secret Service can also protect people who are in line to the presidency. So this thing, it seems to me, has jurisdiction kind of like the airports. You know, it's international or like national federal property on in your state or like the FBI kind of thing. It seems like to me. Uh, and one little little thing that caught my eye in the description of what they do was uh, they can arrest people without a warrant when the crime is committed in front of them. Now, that was an element, I think, of this story, although it wasn't the Capitol Police supposedly who witnessed the crime. And that's probably always true for cops, but I just feel like that and all the other stuff I just said about the um, intelligence gathering and how they could use it against both legislators and citizens, it all reminds me of the Stasi, the East German secret police. So I looked into that a little bit. I was shocked at even just the wiki entry on Stasi. I knew it was bad, but I didn't know how bad it was. So it was the state security agency of East Germany, and it was supposedly, like, was protecting the party or the state. I guess the party and the state were the same thing. And they were doing it by gathering intelligence, and they had a network of hundreds of thousands of people. Now, we don't need that because we've got... Electronic surveillance, cordoned off only by our laws that protect our privacy. But these guys, I think, are above that law for sure. And this, the Stasi arrested people for their political views. They even could operate abroad, and the Capitol Police can operate abroad under certain circumstances. But what I thought was really crazy was this part about how the Stasi often, this is in Wikipedia, often used psychological Harassment called decomposition, rather than outright arrest, in order to curb behavior. Here are a couple of quotes from Wikipedia. I think are worth reading. Anyone who is judged to display politically, culturally, or religiously incorrect attitudes could be viewed as a quote hostile, negative force and targeted with zersitzung, zersitzung, zersitzung. Z E R S <laughs> E T Z U N G. The hedgehogs, again, I do know how to pronounce that. Sure, it's stung. Whatever. For this reason, members of the church, writers, artists, and members of youth subcultures were often the victims. Zershishstung methods were applied and further developed in a creative and differentiated quote, manner based upon the specific person being targeted. They were tailored based upon the target's psychological and life situation. This is when it starts sounding like Brandy Vaughn. Do you know Brandy Vaughn's story? Learn the Risk, I think is what Tina Marie does, and that was her website. This is a woman who basically explained that this stuff happened to her. And some people call themselves targeted individuals, and they say this stuff happens to them. Okay, this is what reminds me of Brandy Vaughn. Tactics employed under Xerxes usually involve the disruption of the victim's private or family life. This often included psychological attacks. This is what happened to Brandy Vaughn. Such as breaking into their home and subtly manipulating the contents in a form of gaslighting. That is, moving furniture around, altering the timing of an alarm, removing pictures from walls, or replacing one variety of tea with another. This is me talking. That was a quote. Somebody I worked with said that, like, when he was in the service, he did something like this. Like, he... They would call somebody up and just say a word that had meaning to that person and then hang up or say nice, nice tie, you know, whatever. (laughs) So I know our people are capable of this and the Capitol Police is capable of a lot too, I'll tell you in a second. Anyway, it was so freaky. Other practices, replacing one variety of tea with another, that is really crazy, Other practices included property damage, sabotage of cars, travel bans, career sabotage, administering purposely incorrect medical treatment, smear campaigns, which could include sending falsified, compromising photos or documents to the victim's family, enter deep fakes perhaps, denunciation, provocation, psychological warfare, psychological subversion, wiretapping, bugging, Serious phone calls or unnecessary deliveries, even including sending a vibrator to a target's wife. Oh, didn't they send Martin Luther King Jr. a letter telling him to kill himself or he would, they would expose his infidelities? I think so. So that was the FBI did that. Increasing degrees of unemployment and social isolation could and frequently did occur due to the negative psychological, physical, and social ramifications of being targeted. Usually victims had no idea that the Stasi were responsible. Many thought they were losing their minds. Mental breakdowns and suicide were sometimes the result. There is ongoing debate as to the extent, if at all, weaponized directed energy devices such as X-ray transmitters were also used against victims. That is so freaky that they should say that because, and the reason that the Stasi did this is that they wanted to suppress people, but they didn't want the international community to know quite how bad they were. So that they were like, we're good, we're fine, we have democracy. Uh, so, but I'll tell you these crazy things that happened that I knew about from the Capitol Police. One is in the Capitol Police wiki page, but one isn't even in there. The two were I did this um, really comprehensive article on Miriam Carey, the Miriam Carey incident, the woman with the baby in the back seat who was shot thirteen times by the Capitol Police when she tried to supposedly ram the White House. And then the Capitol Police got a standing ovation that they murdered this unarmed woman. That was a crazy, crazy story. And I have to credit who was American nomad, uh, American everyman at the time. He's now nomadic everyman. Uh, He's such a good code cracker. And he gave uh, the speculation that that baby had something to do with that White House. So feel free to read my article on that. It is in the show notes. And you can probably, I actually had to Google it and I did. It was at, at... a website I wrote for briefly called Liberty Pulse. And the name of the article was Miriam who the real facts about the woman gunned down in DC. It's a really interesting story, but I was telling somebody about it way back in the day and they said, Oh, the Capitol police are bad news, man. They are, they're an entity unto their own. And you, you got to watch yourself. Um, and in that case, I mean, they, they just chased her down. And I think, I think they were investigated for it. And I don't think anyone ever gets, Gets in trouble for her. You know, LEOs don't usually, law enforcement doesn't usually get in trouble for killing people. They get the benefit of the doubt, I think. But that was an interesting story. And another weird thing that happened with that Miriam Carey story is that her family hired a lawyer. And the lawyer was arrested and put in jail and fined $1,000 a day until he came up with something like $300,000 that he was in dispute. There was a dispute of whether he owed this money. He was in legal proceedings. And I, And after that, he didn't say anything about the really fishy stuff that went on with the Miriam Carey story. It was crazy. And I believe he or somebody like that contacted me. I remember it was one of those around the Boston Marathon bombing time when I was on the radio and I, when I'd say really hot stuff like this, I would get weird contacts sometimes. I'll have to look that up. I tried to find the old shows I did, but my RSS feed from that show stops in 2015, and this was before that. And then the other thing, I think this was before that, the other thing definitely was before that. They, remember the Navy shooter Aaron Alexis went, and I think he killed 13 people at the Navy Yard in D.C.? That story absolutely looked like a drill, like they showed you video of it, Video of it looked completely like a drill. The guy said that he was hearing voices, and it absolutely sounded like, That thing where they can actually project the voices into your brain, which they've been able to do for decades. And what they're saying here, the Stasi would consider doing. But the Capitol Police responded to that thing. And the SWAT team was there. And they could have taken the guy down, I think, before anyone got killed, if not before everyone got killed. And they were told by their headquarters to stand down. They were told to stand down. And the guy on the scene, the Capitol Police on the scene, was livid. So I believe that guy was legit. They covered that up. They did some kind of investigation and exonerated them, or I don't know what, but I thought, well, it's going to hit the fan this time. I mean, that was a real psyop in my opinion, and uh, I think that show is lost too. <laughs> my WordPress wiped everything. I finally found the RSS feed from that WSB had established, but it's not all there. Anyway, um, so I'm worried that the Capitol Police... You know, it's really weird that they should be establishing field offices when they have such a limited uh, task. You know, their task is to protect, like, 500-something people and their families, most of whom spend almost all of their time in D.C. And if they are going to have a field office in San Francisco, how many congressmen are from San Francisco? I only know of one. I mean, those districts, like, right, there's only one, all of San Francisco surely fits into one congressional district, They've got a field office to protect one person in her family. What are they doing if not watching those feeds? This story is just, I smell a rat, and yet it's going to be used to give the Capitol Police ex- expanded presence and expanded power. And, and the head of it said today or yesterday or whatever, we can't tell you the expanded power because it would give too much information to our enemies. Well, I feel like I'm their enemy. Like, I feel like that, that we are the enemy and any, and any legislator who stands up. (sighs) Anyway, (laughs) there was so much in the story. I mean, really, I could probably have pulled on like 10 different threads, but that's weakness of mine. So I'm trying not to do it too much. And I, I would just say as a takeaway from this, when you see a story that's just ridiculous, that just doesn't makes sense. Like, just put yourself in their place. If you were this person, how would you have protected yourself going in? Wouldn't you have alarms? Wouldn't you have a gun? Or like, he's an old man. He's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. She is a target and their address is public. He should have a butler there or something, you know? I mean, it's just not believable. There should be a cop right outside his house all the time. Think of all the uh, security that the, that the secret service gives Biden. Michelle Obama had forty four. Uh, AIDS. And Pelosi's third in line. So if something just doesn't pass the smell test, don't believe it. It's either a cover-up or it's pushing an agenda. And in this case, I think it's both. So I probably left a bunch out because I was trying to keep it buttoned up, but uh, I'm happy to answer any questions. So if you want to talk to me, you can tweet at me at Monica Perez show. And if you enjoyed this show, and you would like to uh, pass it on? Please do share it on social media or with somebody you think might also enjoy it. And uh, check out the show notes. These, I mean, I got some serious show notes today on monicasdeepdives.com.